0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Open up to 2 Chronicles chapter fifteen. But as I mentioned to you, we are I'm talking to you tonight about the assurance of God's presence. I'm not going to go over. Uh, in detail, all that was taught before, so if you were not privy to the earlier messages, you might miss out on some of the details, but I want to get to a particular uh, place concerning this. Now, I told you, if you've been with us concerning this teaching, that this really came and stemmed out of the idea of peace. Isn't that a good idea in these times? Amen. Jesus told us. He says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So we came to this conclusion. If anybody should have peace, it should be the believers. I don't care what's going on. We should have peace. You know, the thing about it, when Jesus told the disciples that, they were going to be shaken. I mean, they were going to be shaken. He was about to leave them. He was about to be crucified. They were about to be persecuted. But he told them before he came, I left you my peace. So don't be troubled. This is for us. Not just for the disciples. We are his disciples. You know that. Not just for the apostles of the Lamb, but for us who are here in this present day. And so we looked at peace and we said that peace is stability in time of trouble. You know, that enables us to be content." Peace is freedom from debilitating thoughts. So when we, you know, this is the time I I heard a, a preacher say something about this is the time where there's just so much fear. You know, I don't believe that there's a lot of fear in the kingdom. In fact, I believe there's a lot of peace in the kingdom. You know, I believe some people have gone through some things before and found out that God has been faithful. And so what's this new thing that's coming on? Others might be fearing, but I'm remembering. And so I can have peace, the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is stability in time of trouble, freedom from debilitating thoughts. Now, when we looked at Jesus, we said, now, how did Jesus come about this peace? And he told us. He says, I stick with the father. (laughs) And so we came to this conclusion. I believe this is just the the best definition a believer can have of peace. It's when I am with God. And that means God is with me. That is. Is peace. So when I'm with God. And God with me. I am assured of his presence. And so when I have peace. I have the assurance of his presence. Or I can say it this way. With his presence comes peace. And we came to this conclusion. His presence is better. (laughs) Put anything you want to after that word better. The presence of God is Better, as it says in Psalm 84, a day in Thy courts is better than a thousand. Oh, I love it! Just a day in Your courts is better than a thousand. A thousand where? Anywhere else? Give me Your presence. And we spent some time talking about that. We we spent some time seeing how Moses told the uh, people of Israel, "You can go where you want to go, but if God's not going with you, I'm not going with you, because I got more sense than that." <laughs> Amen. So his, bet, his presence is better than any plans that we may have had where his presence wasn't a factor. Amen. That means his presence is worth changing a plan. His presence is better than anything I have to sacrifice to be in his presence. Amen. Glory to your name. Again, we have, we, life happens to us all. And in the course of life, we grab a hold of some things that we need to let go of. And as soon as we see it's interfering with us having the presence of God, let it go. Let it go. It will be better. Trust me. I don't care how long you dreamed about that thing. Once you got your hands on it, you found out that it wasn't leading you where you. His presence is better. Again, I want to make sure you understand this. You are better off with his presence than without his presence. Okay? because in a time like this, when people are worried about a pandemic, it is so good to know that I'm not alone. It's so good to know that I have one who's greater than any pandemic. He's seen them come and he's seen them go. He knew they were coming. Had me prepared before they arrived. I'm alright. See, I can be stable in time of trouble. When I'm with him, again, don't get that twisted. He is not dedicated to being with you. You need to be dedicated to being with him. And if you are where he is, he will be with you. And then you can have Peace. Now, remember this. We talked about the manifest presence of God, because this is what this is about. Remember, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. So it's not going to be an outward show where a lot of people are looking for something on the outside to assure them that God is with them and they're with God. God says, no, you already have it with you because the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness. It is peace. It is joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not external. It's all internal. Glory to your name. You know, this, this wants you, you know, I, I love that song because it's, funny and it's true, but this gets you wanting to preach. You see, how can you smile when you don't have what other people have? It's because I got something with me that you can't see. No, 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 I've got someone with me that keeps me in the midst of the storm. Remember, that was the peace of the Lord Jesus. I don't care what storm is going on, I can still have peace. It's everybody else who doesn't know Him, who's not walking with Him, who's not there with Him, and He's not with them. That's everybody else who's shaken. But that's for me. You see, so it is on the inside that I have the affirmation of the assurance of His presence. You're not getting this, are you? This is a word for today. You know somebody's getting sick, you know but it's not on the outside. you know, you know I, I'm going to be honest with you people. until Jesus returns, people are going to die. and when they die, that doesn't mean God has left anybody. and, and, and you just don't understand I'm, I'm telling you I'm just so you know I, I know I bring this up quite often, but it's, it's a lesson. this is your first lesson in your home. And so when I see my mother ready to go, she was like, you know if he takes me, he takes me." You know, that's the peace I want. That's the peace i got to have. In the face of sickness, I'm not worried. You know God's been faithful all this time. Why am I going to give up on God in this moment? I'm confident in this. I will see the salvation of the Lord. And I'll see it in the land of the living. If I don't see it on this side, I'm going to see it on the other side. And that's how I want in. See, that's peace. And it's on the inside. It's not on the outside. You know, some people grow up, you know, when, when uh, some people grow up and they get jobs and they look back at where they grew up from, and they didn't have the things they had now, they're like, how did Mama and Daddy make it? How did they make it? How did they get through? They were not alone. They stayed with the right one. Hey, that's a lesson. Uh, let's keep moving forward. So the evidence is not external. It is internal. But remember this. It is good to have the assurance of God's presence. But remember this. God is not So we said this. I can't take for granted that because I'm with God now, that he will automatically stay with me. Amen. Now, here's the blessed thing about this. This, this This is really a blessing because God put his effort into us being with him. He put his effort into it. I love the scripture because we've got to remember that at one time, this is in Ephesians chapter 2, you can go there at at your own leisure, but at one time we were called the uncircumcised by that which was called the circumcision. And at that time, we were without Christ, we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, we were without hope and without God in this world, but now, but now, what happened? God went to work. But now, see, we stayed our old same self, and God went to work. And in his working, he brought us close to himself, by Jesus Christ, by his blood. And so as soon as we enter in, we are now have a closeness with God. And I'm telling you, don't you, you can tell me what you want to, but you can't tell me you've been born again, and you didn't, you didn't know there was a difference and it wasn't external you don't know no the sky was still blue <laughs> you know money didn't magically show up in your bank account nothing like that it wasn't that you suddenly had a miraculous healing no it was something on the inside you know i was sharing with someone uh you know i do like i do like to listen to music but it's got to minister to me and and there was this one phrase that That just always gets me. And and I've forgotten the the fullness of it. But I remember it now. And in this one phrase of this song, he says, I wasn't there when the earth was created. So I don't have any proof that he hung every star. But I know what my life was without him. And the joy that was mine when he rescued my heart. See, immediately, there's a joy on the inside. (laughs) There's there's a joy, there's a confidence there. See, it's an internal assurance that now I'm with God. See, before I knew of his love and of his goodness, of his kindness, when I was dead in my trespasses and sin, I couldn't have that assurance because I wasn't with him. But as soon as I recognized the effort he put in and I received it for myself, then I had an internal manifestation of his presence and it bubbled up in joy. <laughs> but I can't take for granted that because I'm with God now, that he will automatically stay with me no matter how I conduct myself. And so this is 2 Chronicles chapter 15. Verse 1. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Here ye meet Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. I want to say this. Hear ye all of Church of the Living Water. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. I heard uh, my brother mention about our 32 year anniversary coming up. That means we have to stay with him. See, the Lord is with you while ye be with him. You know, and that's not something that's very popular in a lot of churches to preach. They, They like, they cut it off at the middle point. God is with you. Well, 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 He's with you while you're with Him. And if you seek Him, He will be found of you. You know, that's a blessed promise. If we seek God, He will be found of us. But, there's another side of this, if ye forsake Him, He will forsake you. Now, Now, this is... This is God talk. And I do appreciate it. Because it doesn't, doesn't pay to get lied to. It doesn't pay to have an idea of something's always going to work out when it's not. Okay, We need to understand God is on our side but there are times when we're not on His side. And God is not going to be mocked. He's, he doesn't play those kind of games. He's not going to say that, yeah, yeah, I'm going to stay with you no matter how crazy you act, how out of my way you act, how outside of the standards you remain. It doesn't work that way. And so we have to understand, now this is, this is why I, we mentioned about this earlier in the teaching, this is a balance on grace. Now a lot of people like to teach grace and, and they're off balance with grace, but there's a balance in grace. You see, because this is the thing about God. It's impossible to be touched by God and not be changed. Do you hear me? It's impossible to be touched by God and not be changed. And so when you are touched by grace, grace goes to work. In other words, you must respond to grace once you have received grace and keep responding. Once you've received grace, you have to respond to grace, and then you've got to keep responding. Now, we use, for an example, uh, the prodigal son. And we saw how he had everything he needed, but then for some reason, he said, I, I need to leave the father. father let him leave. Went out on his own, was feeling good for a little bit, and then things turned. Life happened. And then he finally came to his sisters and came back to his father. Now now i want to I don't want to go into detail on that, but I do want to reemphasize something, okay Because we said some things there that I don't know if you truly got because when he left, he was feeling good for a little bit. He was feeling real good for a little bit. Listen to me, don't mistake feeling good for being good. Let that settle down a little bit. Don't mistake feeling good for being good. Don't mistake having goods for being good. Because what we do is we feel good because we have goods. And this is what I'm saying. His presence is better than any plans we had that didn't include his presence. Where it wasn't a factor. Because God's not a factor a lot of times in us having goods. And we feel good because we have the goods. And we go about our business, but we've left the Father. See, the prodigal son had left the Father. He was feeling good because he had some goods. But those goods expired. And when those goods expired, he found out what he was living off of. He thought it was peace. See, Jesus said, now, now there's a different peace out, that's out there. He says, I leave you my peace. But there's a peace of this world. And I'm not giving you the peace of this world. See, the peace of this world is... When I'm feeling good, I must be good. But when the goods expire, you find out what you had. You didn't have peace. You had a false sense of security. (laughs) And you don't find out until the goods expire. So don't mistake having goods, feeling good, for being good. Because remember, the evidence of his presence is not external. It's not on the outside. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name. You should thank God when you're broke. You ought to thank God when you're broke. What is the blessing in being broke that you have no one else to turn to? You have no one else to depend upon. I I, I hear Paul in his writing, in his epistle saying, we were at the point of death where we couldn't trust in anybody else but God. (laughs) And what did God do? God did what God does. Because as long as you're with him, he's with you. Let me, let me get on this. Sorry, this is, this is just, it is good to be in the kingdom. It is good to be covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you what, what it means that to be with God. You know who's with God? His friends. Abraham was a friend of God. And I'm going to go here. Now, he did this on a couple of times. I'm going to talk about this time when he did it with the king of Abimelech. He went down to King Abimelech's land Abraham and his wife Sarah And on the way there I can see Abraham saying Sarah you sure do look good You you look too good Because once we get down to this land I don't think they know God And so you know you're my half sister right (laughs) So by the time we go into this land You're going to be my half sister right But don't say half Just say sister Because you look too good I'm not flirting with you Even though you look good, but I don't want to lose my life going down here because you look so good and you're my wife. So let's tell him you're my sister. And she agreed. They went down there and of course King Abimelech said, this lady sure does look good. So he took her as his own. And then it said, God came to that king by night and said, man, you're as good as dead. Why? Because he had the wife of somebody who God was with. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that, that's just outstanding. That, that, and what was Abraham doing? Abraham didn't have any sense. He, he, was, he was thinking everything was alright. But God's like, no, I, I'm, I'm covering you because I'm with you. Now, now, now get this, get this. this. This is something else. Because I know you've asked yourself this question. Wasn't Abraham wrong in doing that? Haven't you asked yourself that question? Wasn't Abraham wrong in doing that? And why did God back him up like that? Be careful. Oh, we're going somewhere now. You have Genesis through Revelation. And all that's revealed therein. Abraham had none of that. Abraham didn't know he was going to be mentioned in scriptures. All he had was God saying, leave your country. Get away from your kindred. Get away from your father's house. That's all he had. Whew. Oh, now, now we're going somewhere here. I'm, I'm sorry, we're going somewhere here. Because in every age, you know, children think that they're doing something new. You're not doing anything new whatsoever. We've all done it. We've all been there. And our parents were there before. When we were growing up, we would say, yeah, mom and Daddy, didn't you make this mistake? Won't you let me make that mistake? And so now, the children of this day and age—they're saying, "Well, well, you made that mistake. What's wrong with me making that mistake?" No, 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 no. You—you you don't understand. You see, you have more. You have more. You have more wisdom. You have more counsel. You are without excuse. L- listen, listen to the, listen to this. When you stand before God, here, here it is. Someone says, "You know what?" I'm going to do something like Abraham did. I'm going to stand before God. But they got Genesis through Revelation. They're going to stand before God and they're going to say, God, I did it because Abraham did it. And he's going to say, yeah, but Abraham didn't have the revelation that you had. So you can't use that. And so when you, as a young child, get to do the things you said your parents did just because they did and they were wrong, when you stand before God, he's not going to accept. Because Daddy did it. Because Mama did it. That's why I did it. You know, this is why God said, don't sit up here and say... That I'm in trouble because my parents were in trouble. You're going to answer for your own. Amen. Didn't know that was in just the revelation of Abraham. But it's there. So don't get caught up. Listen, Church of the Living Water. I'm not talking to the children now. I'm talking to everybody. Listen, Church of the Living Water. Has God not opened up our eyes? Has he not opened up our understanding? I don't care what other churches are doing. I don't care what other churches are following. We're responsible for what God has given us. But Abraham had it going on because he was a friend of God. And friends walk with one another. Amen. So as much as Abraham got it wrong, he was still trying to stay with God. Are you with me? So, listen, God has taken us into Himself, and that is grace. Again, let that sink in for a little bit. God has taken us to Himself. We didn't come to Him, He came for us and brought us close to Himself. Now, that's grace. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His great grace. But we are not without our own responsibility. We're not without our own responsibility. Again, remember this. We are saved by faith, not by works. But once faith has entered in, it should order our lives. And so our work is based off of our faith from that point going forward. So, how do we assure ourselves that God is with us? Because remember, God says, I'm with you as long as you're with me. So how do we assure ourselves that God is with us? You know, we sit up here and we saw... Saw Abraham, but but he was with God and God was with him. How do we assure ourselves of this? We assure ourselves first is we have to have surrendered our heart to Christ. Now, that might seem like uh, a formality for those of you who are members of the church. But let me let you know, when you turn your heart over, it is turned over. It is more than a pronunciation. It is a submission that comes with it. Amen. Glory to you name. You know, I don't want to get stuck on this, but there's so many people who claim that they are born again, but whose attitudes are nasty. Those aren't hearts that have been turned over. And so that's why, because when we say these things, there's some people who are fooling themselves thinking that they're okay, but they haven't met the first qualification. But you have to... I'm telling you, people come in church and they will attend on a regular basis, but in their stubbornness refuse to turn their heart over. And until you do, you're not going to have the assurance of His presence. And that's sad. Let me me tell you this, and and this is popular in this day, the LGBTQ and whatever community... They will go to church. They will sit in churches. But they will refuse to change their life. And think that somehow God is going to give them assurance. And this is why I guarantee you I guarantee you, on the inside, these people are torn up, trying to play both sides of the fence. Because just like before we were born again, we know what it was like, and we didn't have the assurance. But after we turned our heart over, there was an immediate assurance that we had the presence of God with us. And so these other people who sit in church and have not given their heart over, there is no assurance. There's only troubling on the inside. What's the answer? Turn your heart over. But that's the first qualification. How do we assure ourselves? We have to have turned our heart over to Christ. Because remember, without the blood, we're not brought close. And then, after we've turned our life over, we have to have a proper response. I'm still reviewing. But what's that response? Response must be a repentant, faithful, obedient. There's that word. That word just keeps coming up, doesn't it? We must have a repentant, faithful, obedient life. In which we remain. That's got to be our constant style of life. And that is the response. Now listen. When our life is one of a repentant life. Our life is one of a faithful life. Our life is one of an obedient life. Let me tell you what that's called in Bible terms. It's called walking with him. It says walk with him. That is walking with him. I'm going to stay repentant. I'm going to remain faithful. I am going to obey. See, in order to walk with him, I have to be with him. So it's the same thing. So in, in simple Bible terms, walk with him. And when I keep walking with him, I'm with him. And he's with me. Wow, it is, it is so good. I'm telling you, I would never want to go into a bad situation and not have the assurance that I have been walking with him. It ought to keep you sober. Now listen, we assure ourselves of the presence of God through obedience plain and simple that's how we assure ourselves through obedience and I believe this is a blessing and again in way of review we said assurance of his presence is not in special revelation and I say this and this is so important because nowadays people want to dazzle you with what they say God has told them what special signs and wonders he's given them And I'm not going to say that they're liars, but I've heard that they just walk by faith. And I think I saw that in the Bible somewhere. I think I I saw it repeated a few times in the Bible, as a matter of fact. I think I found it in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Uh, But for some reason, someone wants to make you think that for some reason they're closer to God than you are. I I don't know, how close can you get to God? But I, I really want, how close can you get to God? Oh, no, you, you didn't get that, did you? You see, because we started this out of John 14 when Jesus said, My peace I leave with you. How do he leave that peace? And he says, My Father and I will make our abode with you. You can't get closer than that. And so don't get bent out of shape. Well, God hadn't spoken to me like that, He hadn't given me a, that prophetic word like that. No. The assurance of His presence comes with obedience. And you know this in your prayer life. Oh, I hear all the amens being said. Oh, you know this in your prayer line. When you have been sinning and you go to God in prayer, what confidence do you have? It takes away your confidence. But when you have kept the ways of the Lord, now you understand when King Hezekiah, when he heard the word, prepare your house, get it in order, for you will die and you will not live. And he turned with confidence to the wall and said, God, I've been walking with you. (laughs) Amen. Now, if he had not been walking with God, do you think he would have turned in confidence? But you know it for yourself. It is obedience that assures you of His presence, not special revelation. And it's not in a natural position. Let me tell you this, people. You can lose a job and still have God with you. You can especially nowadays in this time and age. You can have your pay cut. You still have God be with you. Those things change. You can have your title taken away from you and still have God be with you. So you can still have peace in the midst of all this. God being with us is not based on anything but our submission to Him. That's all it is. Now, turn to Hebrews chapter 1. You assure yourself of His presence. Because again, we said His presence is better. I want His presence. I don't want to go anywhere without His presence. Hebrews chapter 1. And we're going to get the assurance of His presence through obedience. Now, the question is what do we obey? Are you with me? Hmm. Hebrews chapter 1. Hmm. Verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days, spoken unto us by his Son. Now, I've got to stop there. I think I've mentioned this before, but notice that word, or the first phrase in verse 2. Hath in these last days spoken. You know what spoken is? It means past tense. Doesn't mean that he's speaking now. Doesn't mean he's in the middle of a conversation. It means he's done. Amen. Glory to your name. He hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. So whatever we need to obey, he has already spoken. And he's spoken it by his Son. Wow, I I love this. I'm telling you, he is the Word. He is the Word. So God, who at sundry times in a diverse manner spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye, Him. Because all I need to say will be said in Him. And now in these last days, it's already been spoken. Glory to your name. That's why, this is why the assurance of His presence is not in a special revelation. Because there's no new revelation to be had. It's already there, revealed in Christ Jesus. It's just new to us. hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the world. Now here's the issue Jesus is not in the world with us right now but thank God that he left us a Comforter. so now it's by the Holy Spirit and the gifts thereof that we hear what was spoken by the Father Through Christ Jesus. Oh, get this. (laughs) That's how we hear it. The instructions are out there. But the way it becomes light to us is it's by the Holy Spirit and the gifts thereof. That's how we will decipher what God has already spoken in Christ. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, this is very important. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 20 and 21. Paul writes, but you have not so learned Christ. How do we learn Christ? If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him. As the truth is in Jesus. See, that goes along with Hebrews 1 and 2. See, God is spoken by Christ. And so, if we're illuminated, we're illuminated by Christ. But Christ is not with us. But when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive. And he gave gifts unto men. You know, this little, it's the little foxes that get us. You know, you're in Ephesians chapter 4. verses 8. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. In verse 11 he says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? Because it's already been said in Christ, you're new on the scene and you need to learn what you need to obey. And how does that come? It doesn't come at home. I got you. (laughs) It didn't come at home. God has an ordained method by which he reveals to you. Again, it's not new revelation. It's new to you. But he's already spoken in Christ. Wow, glory to your name. You know, that makes you want to go places. You see, because there's the written word. Then there's the spoken word. And then there's the revelation of that word. And God has an order in which it comes. It didn't come by you studying at home by yourself. Then come by by you denying that uh, that you need to be a member of a church. It comes when you submit yourself to the order of God, whereby He has given gifts that we might hear His voice. Because otherwise, if we're not hearing His voice, we're not obeying Him. We can't have the assurance of His presence. Amen. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm going to get on some people. I'm going to get on some people. Because some of you say you're members, but you're not a member. No, 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 no. Your name is in the office. But your name alone. And didn't we start this out by saying, God will not be mocked? See, you think God is playing a game. But God's not playing a game at all. Again, when you stand before him, he will not receive. I was a member of that church. He's going to say, yeah, but did I know you? Did you walk with me? Were you with me? Because if you were, I would have been with you. Hey Amen, I know, I know. Conviction shouldn't be this way when you're in your own home. But the preaching of the Word is critical. That's why you've got to pray for your teachers. you got to pray for them and then minister to you. You see, because in all honesty, I want His presence. <laughs> and I need to be in a place where I'm hearing... The voice of God through Christ Jesus that I might know what I need to obey because I want to be assured of his presence. Because I don't know the next thing coming after COVID-19, but I do know this. When I'm with him, I'll be alright. Give me his presence. <laughs> but I need to know what to obey. This is why we thank God for our teachers. So we thank God for our pastor. So when we pray. That when our pastor speaks, our pastor speaks by the unction of the Holy Spirit. That God give our pastor wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because then we hear. But you know, here's the thing about it. There's the written word, there's the spoken word, and then there's the, there's the rhema, there's the revelation of the word. See, what happens is, when you get in place, when you get in position, When you get properly aligned, that word becomes life. And you can see how you can apply it in your life. It's like, have you ever tried to do something you had never done before? And what did you do? Let's see if it's on YouTube. Because I need a little bit of direction here. Because I've never been this way before. I'm about to enter into something I've never done before. And I don't want to mess it up. Let me tell you, a lot of people are messing up because they're not submitting themselves under the authority that God has ordered. And they wonder why it is all broken. They wonder why it's not working the way it's supposed to. It's because they didn't go to the right channel. (laughs) They didn't go to God's channel. They didn't stay with God's order. Look at this in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Verse six: As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. Look at this. So walk ye in him. How are we going to walk in him? Here's the thing about when you walk in him. Here's what happens. When you walk in him, you'll be rooted. And then you'll be built up in him. And you'll be established in the faith. And you're going to walk as you have been taught. Abounding therein. With Thanksgiving. Don't miss that. We're commanded to walk a certain way. We're commanded to walk as we have been taught. Therefore, we will be rooted. Therefore, we will be built up. Therefore, we will be established. But we have to be walking with Him. And how do we walk with Him? We walk as we have been taught. Glory to your name. But I don't have a teacher. Well, you can't walk in what you've been taught. Because you're out of order. And you cannot have the assurance of God's presence out of order. Amen. We need to learn how to not be out of order, don't we? (laughs) Amen. God is good. And and again, here's the thing about it. In this epistle, the writer is referring to sound teaching. And I'm not going to lie to you. There are false teachers among this land. In this present time. Many to choose from. Church of the Living Water, you are in a safe place, don't you move. And I'm going to say it just like it needs to be said, you're a fool if you do. Why would you leave a place that is secure, that is sound, that is preaching and teaching the Word of God to go someplace that's not? Are you not sure that it is? Hmm. I just hear the disciples say to Jesus when He says, uh, will you leave also? It's like, come on. Where else am I going to go? Who else has these words? Who else has such sound teaching? But a lot of people did go, didn't they? Philippians chapter 4. Walk in what you've been taught. Do you hear me? Walk in what you've been taught. Here's the thing about it. You can't receive it as it is, though it comes from a man's opinion. And if you think it's a man's opinion, have you been praying? I don't know what people think. But prayer is communication with God and the fervent, effectual. Prayer of the righteous makes the necessary power available. See, this is why we're on you about corporate prayer. Okay? If you can't make it up Saturday morning at 7.30 to be a part of corporate prayer, don't tell me you're praying. Don't tell me you're praying. And the same people who don't pray will come in here. Their name is on the roll. But they're not really members. They haven't tuned into the right channel. And they still wonder why what they've been trying to piece together is not working out. You have to walk in what you've been taught. You have to apply it. Philippians chapter 4. Verse number 9. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Now, now stop right there. Now, who is saying this? This is not Jesus writing this. This is the minister of the gospel writing this. And the instruction is so good, it is inspired by the Holy Spirit and placed into the Holy Scriptures. And he doesn't say, just follow what you've been reading. Wow, I'm sorry. He doesn't even say, follow what that good teacher over there does. You've had a teacher in the midst of you. You've had a teacher that God has placed to minister into your life. Uh, You should know them that minister among you. Because this is the key to peace. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, walk in what you've been taught. And when you do it, then the God of peace shall be with you. Hallelujah. Glory! To you. See, we're talking about how do I assure myself of the presence of God? I assure myself through obedience. I obey what? I obey the teacher God has placed in my life. And when I walk And and here's the nice thing about what Paul says here. He says, "Watch my life." Amen. That's that's one key for being able to distinguish the false from the true. Watch the life. It's easy to get up here, and let me tell you, it would be easy to repeat somebody else's message and make it my own. But watch the life. (laughs) Watch the life. and can I go here, right? Can I go here? You got people who want to admire preachers from afar. That's my favorite preacher, but never saw their life. Never been witness of their life. And in all honesty, you probably haven't been witness of it because they're not the minister God has placed for you. Your eyes have gotten too big. People in the church have become starry-eyed and they're looking for the star. Instead of what God has given them. Placed in the midst of them. Nearby to them. Hmm. You're looking for somebody with degrees. When you should be looking for somebody whom God has ordained. Hmm. And don't you know the record of the apostles of the land? The Pharisees and the scribes were astounded because they were unlearned men putting them to shame. The God of peace is with you as you follow your teachers. Now listen to this and understand me. When you walk in the truth, when you walk as you have been taught, when you walk according to what you have been taught in sound teaching, you make provision for God. You make provision Provision for God. Get a hold of that. When we walk the way we're supposed to, when we walk with God, when we walk in the truth, when we walk as we have been taught, we make provision for God. Now, now, now understand this. I love this when Paul ministers this to them in Athens. He stands on Mars Hill and he starts to debate with them who are full of idolatry. And, And they had an inscription. Without an idol saying to the unknown God. And Paul starts to minister to them out of that. And he says now. God doesn't dwell in temples, people. Neither is he worshipped with man's hands. As though he needed anything. Uh, so when I say make provision for God. Understand this. God doesn't need what you have. <laughs> I like how Paul put it. He's not worshipped with the man's hands. As though he needed anything. Seeing that he... He gives everybody life. (laughs) He gives everybody breath. He gives us all things. What would he need from us? No, 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 no. When we make provision for God, it's not about what he wants from us. It's about what he wants to do in us. So when we walk in what we've been taught, when we walk in the truth, we make provision in our life for God. with your life, make provision for God. Again, it's not about what God wants from you, but He wants to do something in you. Turn to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. When I say provision, I mean, give God some space. Give God some room to work in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Some of us have elbowed God out of our lives. (laughs) And we ask at the end of it, God, where were you? God's like, I tried to get close to you, but you elbowed me out. You didn't make provision for me. You didn't didn't give me any space to work with. Malachi chapter three. Let's read through this quickly, verse six through nine. For I am the Lord; I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances, and have not kept them. But here's what here's God, here's the heart of God. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, Wherein shall we return? We thought we were doing good. Says, Will a man rob God? Now, now, again, didn't we just establish God didn't need anything from us? So how are we robbing God? You know what we're taking from God? The opportunity to make a difference in lives. Will a man rob God? Yet yeah, you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings? You were cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Next... Do you see? God is not doing the cursing because God is not with them at this moment. But if God was with them, he would keep them from the curse. So when we make provision in our life for God, it's not that God wants something from us. He wants to do something in us. You deny yourself the benefits of His presence by giving God no room to work in your life. God wants to work, but you've got to make provision for God. Listen to me. God wants to work no matter where you are right now. No matter what condition you are in right now. No matter what your location is, no matter what your status is, no matter what your situation is, God wants to do something in you, but you've got to give him room. And remember, when we are not obeying, I'm sorry, we won't even make it to live stream when we're at home, in the comfort of our own home. You're playing with God and God is not mocked. He says, I'm with you as long as you are with me. And if you seek me, I will be found of you. That's the word of God. But here you are at the comfort of your own home when we all are left to live streaming, and you can't even make it to live stream. You know, I, I'm saying this to somebody because obviously somebody's watching this right now, but there's somebody's going to get a hold of this a little bit later on. And no, I'm sorry. And no, no, we don't even make it when the word of God. Here we here are our excuses for family life. Amen. I'm sorry. I, I know conviction travels, doesn't it? See, we might be limited not to be in this space, but God is, I'm the present. He's in that home. He knows that you've been making excuses for why you couldn't make corporate prayer, why you couldn't make it Sunday uh, 845. He, he, he's heard it all. You, you know, here's the thing about what he says in 2 Chronicles 15. He knows men. Sorry. He knows men. God, I'm sorry, there's a thing about Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was a baseball player. And there's this famous, and I don't know if it was true or not, but this famous legend that he pointed out to what area of the field he was going to hit the ball out the park. He called his shot. God knows us. He called the shot. He says, I know you, and I know I'm with you now. You know, you're broke now, and I'm with you now. Because you got nowhere else to turn. But as soon as you get your hand on a little bit of money, I'm gonna call my shot. You're gonna turn away from me. And you're gonna wonder where I was when you left me. I'm sorry, don't don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. (laughs) So status and conditions in life change. But in every condition, in every status. I, I just heard my sister on these past Wednesday nights talking about the unmarried. You're waiting to be married when God wants to do something in your life right now. Don't wait. Give him room now. You know, we'll get to this again, but some of you are young thinking that once I get old, I'll serve him. See, but you're not giving him any room right now. Oh, no, I I know you do what you have to do. But you haven't turned your heart over. Oh, I love it. I love it. Because you're supposed to obey from the heart the doctrine that's been delivered to you. You see, because when you don't obey from the heart, oh, didn't we hear this? There is no honor. And it is not well with you. And what you're living off of is a false sense of security. Mm. Romans chapter 13. Now we're getting into what I want to get into. Isn't that sad? I know some people say, shut him up. In time up. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Romans chapter 13. (laughs) So if you're going to subtitle this message. You know, this is sad. This brother is sad sometimes. If you're going to subtitle this message, subtitle it, Provision for God. Romans chapter 13. We need to make provision in our life for God. Verse, well, let, let me, we're going to start in verse 11, but here's the thing about Romans chapter 13. I do like Romans chapter 13. Uh, Romans chapter 13, this is the, the passage of Scripture where God says the authorities are of God. And you do understand that, right? The powers that be are ordained of God. You, you understand that, right? Not the individual, but the order called government is ordained of God. All right? You've got to say that from some out of order brothers that order, sisters. You know, and I don't understand how one president was of God and the other president was. You, you know, you're confused. It's government that's ordained of God. Not the individual sitting in the seat of government. Alright? And so, he, he he makes that statement and then he goes on to say, oh, no man anything but to love him. Because when you love, you fulfill the law. Now, now, now I want you to understand this. What's he saying there? What's he saying, what's he saying there is, he's saying that Don't get caught up with the wrong concentration. That's the way. Don't get caught up with the wrong thing. Don't get occupied with things that really don't matter. And he's going to explain why he says that. Let me explain this to you, okay? Especially in this day and time, we have this ordinance that's going out about stay at home, safe, Work orders, and you got churches out there that are saying that. Oh, I don't care. Well, let me let you know this: you're fighting the wrong battle. Uh, you're putting your effort in on the wrong thing, and, and I do want you to know. I don't want you to be ignorant of this. And listen, listen to the church. Know this: Babylon one day is going to fall. This is not yet that day, but trust me. In this capitalistic system that we live in, if they even think about shutting down some of their capitalism. It's serious. <laughs> let alone when they start shutting it down. It's serious. And let me let you know this. God is not keeping you from getting a cold if you walk up and hug somebody with the cold. God is not mocked. So we can catch COVID-19 like anybody else can. And what these preachers are trying to do are they're trying to make a political statement But God has said in Romans 13, don't get caught up with that. You're fighting the wrong battle. That's what's going on. But in Romans 13, I find him saying, you know what? Why are you getting caught up? Listen to me, church. Get the politics out of church. Vote for whoever you want to vote for. Support whoever you want to support. But don't let the church have anything to do with it. Render unto Caesar's the things that are Caesar's. And unto God the things that are God's. This is the house of prayer. It's not a place where you can make political statements. Christ is our concentration. And he's not on the Democrat side. And he's not on the Republican side. And he doesn't even go by independent. He's God alone. But he's going to explain to us why he says stay out of government. Stay out of anything else but loving one another. Don't get caught up with any other kind of relationships outside of just being loving one toward another. Verse 11. And that, why? All this that I said, and that knowing the time. That now it is high time to wake out of sleep. See, we don't have time to waste. We don't have time to get caught up with things that don't matter. We don't have time to get caught up with political statements. We don't have time to get caught up with wrong relationships. Because we've got to recognize the time. In that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. See, every day is bringing us closer to the return of the king. So we don't have time to get caught up with things that don't matter. Verse 12, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. We don't have time to waste. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, in drunkenness, not in chambering, in wantonness, not in strife and envying. In other words, don't let the flesh have its way. Let alone all this other stuff. Don't let the flesh have its way. We don't have time for that. Verse 14. Instead of getting caught up with the wrong affairs, instead of allowing the flesh to have its way, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And get this, and make not provision for the flesh, to fulfill the lust thereof. Wow. So he says here, we can make provision for the flesh. (laughs) Amen. Now, for some of us, that's just kind of natural. We make provision for the flesh. But rather than provision for the flesh, we're supposed to make provision for God. Wow. Listen to this, and I'm going to end with this. But but we're going to go here. Wow. Okay, y'all are going to have to bear with me. Let me give you an example of making provision for the flesh. Let's say uh, a young man, a young woman, they uh, they start to date. They like one another. They start to the court. They end up getting married. You know, they're members of this ministry, so they you know they did it right. <laughs> they were accountable all throughout. So they get married. And as they get married, let's say that, you know, they're trying to save up their money because they got some sense. So they live in a little efficiency, just the two of them. Then they set their mind to having a baby. And so the sister gets pregnant. Okay, so now here's what naturally happens in times like this. So they're living in an efficiency. You got the word that uh, the wife is pregnant. And so they're going to consider you know what, the baby needs more room than the sufficiency. Right? So they're going to start making plans on how do I get into a place that's bigger? Especially one with a room that we can have for the baby. And so once they moved wherever they're going to move to, another apartment, a house, or whatever the case might be, then they get the room and then they say, you know what, we want our baby to have a certain decor. So let's pick out the pattern. So they pick out the pattern and they go, and you know, now that we got the pattern picked out, let's, let's get all the clothes, let's get all the accessories, let's get the, uh, 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 what's this, the, the, the chair that goes in the car, the car seat. Let's get all that together. And, and the baby hadn't even yet, even yet arrived. What are they doing? They're making provision for the baby to make sure that the baby is provided for, but the baby has not yet arrived. You know, I'm, I kind of laugh because uh, some of it, I believe it was a tater's room. We put up a crown molding. <laughs> Y'all helped me put up a crown molding in Taylor's tater's room. Y'all are old. That was almost 17 years ago. But we were making provision, though a child had not yet arrived. And that's right to do. But listen, I believe this. Some of us, we're pregnant with the lust of our flesh. Has not yet come out. But it's sitting there and we're making provision for it. So, see, here's the thing about it. Yeah, it hadn't come out yet. And we're sitting on it. And, you know, we hide our pregnancy well. Glory to your name, God. We wear the right clothes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play with somebody right now. Sister Jones, if you're watching, I love you, Sister Jones. But I will remember when you were pregnant with Lauren. And I remember you hit it well. You know, and that's, that, that's just a natural example. But I'm saying some of us hide our pregnancy with the lust of our flesh very well. And no one can ever tell. And what we're waiting for is the opportunity when delivery can happen. Oh, no, no, get this right. Opportunity. Oh, I said it before and I will say this again. Some of us are just an opportunity away from having our flesh go wild. And so what do we do? We set up and make provision for the flesh in case that opportunity arises. And let me tell you right now, some of you are a change in life away from that opportunity. And you've been making provision for the flesh. Look, we've got children who can't wait, already making plans to get out their parents' house. And to do what? What are you going to do? You're going to go out, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to obey God. No, that's not what you're talking about doing. You're talking about doing foolish stuff. And here's the thing about it. Not only are you talking about doing foolish stuff, you want to bring other fools into it with you. (laughs) I'm sorry. Anyone who tells you to do opposite of the counsel that's been given you in a sound teaching church is a fool. And anybody who would go along with them is a fool with them. And again, don't confuse feeling good with being good. Don't confuse, you know, and here's the thing about it. You got a little job that ain't paying you much of anything, but you think it's something. That really is a false sense of security. And you're going to be like that prodigal son. You're going to come to a point and place where you fall flat. Wow, wow. Listen to you, I'm on your side. I really am on your side. Here's what you need to do when you fall flat. Remember how we're going to walk with God. First word I gave you was repentance. Glory to your name, God. You're going to have to repent. I'm minded of earlier this year, it seemed like such a long time ago, but earlier this year when we were in Jamaica, had a lovely time. We made up our minds one day, we're going to get in the pool. So we had that pool, nice pool, out in the back of the house. We got the full beach back there, but we want to get in the pool because we got it. So we get in the pool and I remember having my swim trunks on and I dipped my My foot in that water, and it was cold. Oh my goodness, it was so cold. And I just try to ease on in, and whoo you know, I'm shaking. And there is my brother. My brother's like, I just got to jump on in. I know it's going to, he jumped in, and he was cold, but he got it over with. Some of us have a pool of humility. We got to jump in. If we want to walk with God. And you might dip your toe in it. Eventually, I got in. But it was a little more painful, a little longer, longer lasting. And I know you don't want to hear somebody tell you, I told you so. I know you don't like coming back with your tail tucked between your legs. But in order to walk with God, you don't have to go that way. That's going to be the beginning of the changing of your life. And I'm out of time. But God has spoken. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.